1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic have been drawn against Valencia in the Europa League After a disappointing 2-0 defeat at Hibs Rangers are top after beating Hamilton Ackies But Steven Gerrard sees plenty room for improvement And St Mirren remain rooted with Motherwell the big winners at the bottom As Kilmarnock continue to fly high I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me for your weekend review is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans A league that changes leader on a daily basis has to be a good thing Aside from La Liga being here in the last 32 of the Europa League Has to be a good thing The season is coming to the boil And there are absolutely no guarantees about anything That has to be a good thing The only certainty is That sometime between now and 8 o'clock Somebody somewhere will disagree with all of that But that has to be a good thing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well said It was another dramatic weekend of Football Alex You look at yeah. the, uh, More than one team Holding top spot Between you know Friday then Saturday Sunday It's changing all the time uh, And lots of talking points As always Yeah I think it all started off With Livingston's Demolishing uh, Hearts on Friday uh, Kamarnock Bouncing at the top of the league uh, St Mirren's woes continue And then obviously Yesterday Celtic Losing to Neil Lennon's Hibs uh, And Rangers Managing to get the three points So there's plenty of discussion In terms of Personnel changes Shapes if Rangers got enough craft Middle to front There's plenty of things To talk about tonight We want to hear from you though 0141 951 On Twitter We are at Clyde SSB What stood out for you From the weekend Are you happy Are you not happy What could be better And of course Europa League draw as well What do you make Of Celtic's chances Of progressing Beyond Valencia uh, What do you make of that Hugh Well You know It's a great draw for Celtic I think it brings Added colour To our season It means that Celtic Park Will be Filled the capacity uh, In February When uh, Valencia come here The Celtic fans Get the chance To go to the Mestalla One of the great Arenas. Football grounds Of uh, mm. Europe uh, So There's no downside To this They are 14th In La Liga It's certainly a, a tough one Any side From La Liga Would present Celtic With A lot of problems But there's no downside It adds to the excitement That as I said Is coming to the boil now I think Brendan Rodgers will be actually happy with the draw When you look at some of the other potential teams in which they could have got uh, Napoli, Zenit, Chelsea, Arsenal uh, It gives them a good opportunity mm. to progress yeah, Let's hear from you then 0141 951 1025 If Twitter is your thing Then we are at Clyde SSB Let's hear from Brendan Rodgers first of all uh, He says the result and performance against Hibs yesterday was disappointing The Celtic boss described the goals they conceded as poor And says it is very clear they need to strengthen in January Disappointing, of course. Performance and result. You know, gave away two poor goals really from, from our perspective. Nothing to do with energy from Thursday. It was you know, our tactical discipline in the two moments was not concentrated. So um so the first minute we left gaps, we pressed at the wrong time. Uh, and then we uh, we didn't track runners back in that early stage of the game. So that's disappointing. So you don't get off to a good start. Playing against a team that's not overly confident, they're not as if they've been flying high and, and then the second one comes from our free kick. Again, tactical discipline. We we don't Secure the ball at the top end of the field, and and and, uh, and Scott Brown's left in a sort of two v one from behind. So uh, two poor goals from our perspective, uh, and then didn't create enough going forward. Some flashes across the box and, and whatnot, but uh, 
but yeah, we just didn't quite have the um, the, the performance level today. It's clear in terms of the squad, and you know, we don't have that same strength as what we've what we've had in the last couple of years. But we're very clear within the club in terms of what it is we want to do, and we know that we need to to strengthen, and that's something that we'll look to do. And we just have to get through now to the end of the season or the end of this uh, month. It's been a tough, tough run of games. Well, I accept that yesterday Celtic played without Rogic, Griffiths, Tierney, Lustig, uh, Ryan Christie. But the problem for Celtic was that when they looked underneath the first team squad, they then found that there wasn't a lot they could rely on in terms of the players there. And there's a, a lot of dead wood at Celtic part that needs to be got rid of. And I do appreciate that's not an easy thing to do because players are on very good wages at Celtic and other clubs may not be interested in them. But I think Celtic have to create space for new players because they have a very, very talented uh, 16 or 17 players. But when you look under the bonnet... There's not that much talent there. Who do you mean by that though, Hugh? Because a lot of the criticism I've seen from yesterday um, was directed at guys like Odson Edward and Olivier and Cham. So I'm not sure yeah. they, they can be considered as as fringe players or, or under the bonnet players. No, but again, you know, Odson Edward is not yet 21 years old. Uh, he carries the burden of the big fee uh, and he's gone off the boil. And he's the only forward that Celtic have, or the only striker that Celtic have. Therefore, Celtic have to be in the market for at least one and it should be two in the transfer window but with respect Johnny Hayes Johnny Hayes not going to change anything for Celtic uh, Scott Sinclair you don't know if he's going to change anything for Celtic anymore either uh, and then you go into the those who have been forgotten about altogether the Marvin Compares the Nier Bitons the Kundai Benews the Scott Allens there's just too much of that uh in the background at Celtic Park They need to try and trim the squad Before spending proper money mm. On making significant additions so well, we, We've spoken about this time after time In this show You know we'll, we'll speak about Scott uh, Scott Allen as an example You know he can't even get near it He's on X amount of money He's caught in limbo here Because oh. it, it, teams uh, in the SPFL Can't match what Celtic are paying them So they try and offer a fraction of that Celtic are trying to play hardball with a player so they're caught between, okay, we'll let them go play for a couple of quid, pay the, the lion's share of that contract, and it's a lot harder to shift these players sure. to then bring them back in. Is there not a bit of a scattergun element to this, though? Because, let's be fair, to Johnny Hayes or to Scott Allen, Celtic losing at Hibs yesterday didn't have anything to do with them. Yeah, but uh, you know, the, the, you're looking at the situation as a whole. Now, Celtic have certain ambitions, and the supporters certainly have ambitions. They want eight in a row, they want ten in a row. That is the holy grail for the Celtic support. Uh, and you know, you have the likes of Valencia coming here in February. Now, Celtic can't afford to take on the Valencias of this world with uh, a group of players uh, who, you know, even now, even the group that they have now, the seven in a row group, they have the disco lights, but they're still murder on the dance floor. When quality comes to play at Celtic Park, real quality... He's been practising all he week. He likes that one. Really? I like that yeah, one as well. Uh, let's speak to Paul and Kirk and Tillich. What did you make of it yesterday, Paul? Uh, hi, guys. Hello. Hi, Paul. Uh, really, really poor. Uh, I, I thought that after the Salzburg game where they were really, really poor as well, to be honest. I know Salzburg were a really good team, but I think Celtic were that poor. They actually made them look better than they actually were. 
Uh, I was expecting a draw. Uh, usually, historically, in Celtic come back after Europe, they usually draw, especially if it's away from home. But uh, I just think, again, it shows that the squad is, is, is weaker than we actually think it is, and this is a result of the, the bad business in the summer. Uh, but also, as I, I've been saying as well, I think now when uh, when we start with Scott Brown, I think Neil Lennon would have looked, at, and I know it was through injuries, but I think Neil Lennon would have looked at that and been quite happy because we lose all our real attacking impetus. There's no nobody bombing forward. And the game slowed right down, which means that the opposing team has got more time to set up and it's just a, it's, it's an easier game for them, I feel. Well, Ryan Christie has become an even more important player for Celtic, uh, having missed the last couple of games because, as I said to Gordon and the the, the, the fellas yesterday, a spell was broken when Ryan Christie got injured and Rogic went out uh, and Kieran Tierney went out uh, and Rogic went out. Uh, and when the spell was broken, it was back to the idea that Brendan Rodgers first thought of, Brown and then Sham. And then Sham was very poor yesterday. I know that's not a permanent condition. He just was very poor yesterday. Uh, and Scott Brown looked well off the pace as well. All the terrific domestic wins that Celtic had put together uh, with Ryan Christie and everyone re- enjoying the football of Christie and McGregor and Rogic and Forrest, uh, it wasn't there yesterday. And th- that's what Celtic are trying mm. to rekindle now. But if that's the case, if, if Paul's right, Alex, and he talks about we're missing someone, you know, bombing on, did, I mean, Paul, just clear that up. Do you mean. Only Ryan Christie Because there wasn't really Anyone else missing In that regard Yesterday was there I just feel that uh, James Forrest And the g- Carl McGregor The guys who, who get goals uh, When they're playing when, The way we were set up Yesterday there was, there was nobody Going for There was no speed There was no It was very very flat And on the, the Ryan Christie uh, one, We really missed him But again They both have landed Lucky with Ryan Christie we, I mean I don't. I think we've landed very lucky with Ryan Christie. I don't think that Kendrick could see this coming because he done well with Aberdeen, but I think it's been a bit of luck in the other half that his came so good. Paul, do you you were, you said something there in terms of the shape and the way they were playing? Obviously, the uh, Forrest was a bit more narrow, and he'd Sinclair right wing back effectively, and you know as a Geary. And when I look at the actual personnel at the disposal of Celtic and the way they've actually played, for me, it, I always seen. I would say maybe about an hour of the game because I had to go upstairs. But when you look at the back four, if you do so went to a straight back four, it was more familiar. You're asking Sinclair to play right wing back where he's actually struggling to play well in his normal position. And and for me, it just looked... And I, I actually have given Brendan Rodgers credit when he's changed shape regular over the course of his time here. But he didn't actually change at all yesterday and he just stuck mm. literally what he, he went with. And at, at, at no point in the game did he feel as if it were comfortable with that. He took a bit of the blame on his television interview. He said, you know, he was the one that, that changed the formation. He puts the goals, though, not down to that as such, but down to what he says was tactical discipline. Um, by that, Alex, I assume he means that as the game kicks off, Emilio Izaguirre, regardless of where he's been told to play, makes a bad decision to go and charge forward and yeah. press a ball he's never going to get to. Yeah. And that's what leaves... Well, it, can't, it can't even be described as a whole It was it was a whole lot bigger than that uh, For Hibs to capitalise so early on Yeah absolutely And I think that was one of the things is Particularly you're trying to find your way into the game And for Toulouse I think it was 47 seconds to lose a goal mm. Then it obviously gave Hibs that impetus And I actually think Neil Lennon got his tactics spot on He actually pressed Celtic really high up 
And it caused them all sorts of problems And you actually there was times where they were trying to play out for the back Whereas Sinclair was trying to shield the ball as a, as a right back And uh, they were getting turned over and it was causing them all sorts of problems Boyce's on Twitter, he says A major part of the problem is the presence of Scott Brown A great servant, there's no denying it But the team loses tempo and forward thrust when he plays these days I think Brendan already knows this And Bruni will be on his way soon That's Twitter at Clyde SSB Thank you to Paul uh, Who's a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillock Let's get the thoughts of Stephen Gerrard Shall we He says that despite going top of the table He found the 1-0 win against Hamilton frustrating He says they had zero killer instinct at Ibrooks And says he's not that interested in the league position at the moment It was frustrating Because we, we have to put teams like Hamilton away A lot of our game was good today Out of possession we, we were really good I thought going forward we were wave after wave after wave But we got to the final part of the pitch And we lacked that bit of magic That final pass That incredible cross We lacked that player who's going to step up and kill the game off We should have had this game won in 15 minutes I should have had the luxury of being able to take people off the pitch And and, and give them a blow before Hibs Which is going to be a tough game What I had planned in my head I wasn't able to do in terms of substitutions Because we made such hard work of a game that should have been a lot more easy I'm happy with the win I'm happy with the clean sheet We've got a lot to learn In terms of the performance We put 21 corners In today uh, Off the top of my head Definitely over 30 crosses We created Enough opportunities And got into some Really exciting areas Of the pitch But we had Zero killer instinct today And that's a concern I'm not really Interested Being top of the league Right now because we were top of the league seven days ago and we went and lost and drew. So what's more important to me right now is what can we learn from the performance moving forward? Blatantly, obviously, we have to learn to kill teams off in the final third. Robert is a Rangers fan in Newlands. What's on your mind tonight, Robert? Evening, panel. Well, I totally agree with Stephen and I felt that yesterday it was a very frustrating performance for Rangers. Um, No disrespect to Hamilton, but we should really, at at Ibrox, should be putting them away at half-time. Um, and I believe the reason why we can't do that is because we're far too reliant on a very ill-disciplined uh, striker, Alfredo Morelos. Now, if you take Morelos out of the equation, because he wasn't even playing yesterday, if you take him out of the equation, we need to invest in January in strikers and midfielders because we don't have that clinical striker apart from Alfredo uh, to put goals away um, in the game. And we don't have that forward-thinking uh, midfielder, like an attacking midfielder like a Cal McGregor to just think and go forward because we're sitting back and we're letting teams punish us when we shouldn't really let them do that. Uh, but um, I'm delighted that we won yesterday because obviously we go top league and but we need to really invest in January and we can't rely on someone who is very, very uh, turbulent like Alfredo Morelos. Well, you know, Rangers will continue to rely on him because he's a very good player and scores a lot of goals and he's a pest for other defences. Uh, but I think the January transfer window is so important for Rangers and Celtic because we're getting to what everyone knows is the business end of the season. Rangers are top of the league. I appreciate Celtic have a game in hand. We are now getting to that stage where it's who does what in the window that will have a material, a material Influence on the second half of the season because that will determine the outcome of the title race. It's got a fascinating reaction to yesterday's game at Ibrox, yeah. Alex, because people have been coming on and saying, you know, why the negativity? We're top of the league. If you'd offered us this at the start of the season, we'd have taken your hand off. 
uh, and so on then there are other guys like Robert who are keen to point out that the performance should have been so much better but I mean I suppose both can be true at the same time If you listen to the, ma- the manager Gordon he says the top of the table at this moment doesn't really mean a great deal to him on the back of a couple of weeks ago being top of the table in terms of the performance I come on Directly after the game I say they lack quality From middle to front Their final ball They're looking for a player Who can actually pick passes And they're struggling to do that I think before yesterday's game I think it was one goal In open play In four or five games That they'd actually scored a goal So that would suggest That they're struggling to do that When you listen to Stephen Gerrard's comments Lacked the pass Quality uh, The crosses into the box Lacked that kind of Cutting edge To open up people and Then when he got the opportunities The finishing wasn't quite there So it was a frustrating uh, afternoon. Robert is definitely right. Now, see this going back off you to take that at the start of the season. That's that's the start of the season. But we're the here and now, mm-hmm. and we have to deal with the here and now. And when you're seeing performances like that, there's a concern going forward that, when again, I want to be as respectful as possible to Hamilton. On the day, they made it difficult and they were trying to keep the score down. But as it was getting to the last 10, 15 minutes, there was an anxiety about oh. uh, Ibrox. You could feel it. And then they were starting to throw men forward about a caution. Uh, and that was their game plan, Hamilton. So... That worked a treat for them But from a Rangers point of view they, t- they need to be a lot more clinical And I'm not just talking about the crosses I'm talking about probing passes Balls going over the top Runners going in behind cut- Cutbacks to the edge of the box For midfielders arriving late So much more to it That you need to do When you're getting a packed uh, Defensive block Stephen Gerrard Robert saying yesterday Not paying too much attention To being top Because it happened previously And it didn't last very long How do you feel about that side of things? Well, I've I've been watching Rangers for, for years now, and Celtic have been the bane of my uh, my life for the last uh, couple of years. And I'm delighted that we're able to think, oh, we can go forward and we can try and win the league or win a cup. I'm delighted about that. However, I, I agree with Stephen. Celtic have got a game in hand. Kilmarnock are looking really sharp. Hibs have got a good two 0 win against Celtic, and I'm worried about Wednesday. So we really need to focus. And that is what I think Rangers are struggling with, is the focus. Because we lost Aberdeen at home after playing quite well at Timecastle. Yes, we got a bit lucky, but we still got the result. And then we went on to lose and then draw against a very poor 10-man Dundee. We need to focus. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Thank you to Robert and Newlands. We're going to hear more from Brendan Rodgers and Stephen Gerrard. But first, listen to this, Hugh Keevans. It's the 20k of Christmas on Clyde One With Keystore Now it's the 17th of December Hugh Keevan So you don't need me to tell you that Christmas is right around the corner When is it? Uh, Well it's in 8 days time Whenever that is Um, Now Is it on the 23rd of the year? Yeah I think so Now what a time of year this would be Hugh to win £20,000 10 for Alec, 10 for me Lovely I don't think so somehow But we do have a truly life changing amount of money for you to win Just imagine what you could do with that I mean honestly Home improvements The mortgage paid off Cars, holidays An unbelievable Christmas Whatever you decide Now for your chance to win All you have to do is text YES to 61025 That's YES to 61025 Even Hugh Keevan's Nokia could handle this It's so simple That's for your chance to win 20 thousand pounds it would be paid directly into your bank account before the weekend when the lines close at 9am on Friday the 21st the timing is just wonderful on this now you can only enter and win if you live in Glasgow and the West so like us you need to have a G M L F K P A or KA in your postcode you also must be over 18 you would also pass that one Hugh Keevans the text costs £2 T's and C's and online entry are at Clyde1.com that's the 20 Ks of Christmas on Clyde1 with your local key store 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. It is Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Give us a call, please. Uh, you can also tweet, though, as well. We're at Clyde SSB. Paddy's been on uh, and he says that Celtic need a right back, a left winger, and two strikers. Uh, and to find the quality they need in those positions will be difficult, but the board only have themselves to blame. If we don't win the league this season So that's Twitter At Clyde SSB uh, You can also give us a call Of course 01419511025 uh, Let's get back to the phones Actually straight away Let's go to Duncan Who is a Rangers fan From Motherwell What's on your mind tonight Duncan? I was just wondering Obviously I missed the game Yesterday due to work um, And I was just wondering Obviously with Alex being there um, What he thought The performance of Ross McCrory I've seen the highlights But didn't get to see much of them and just thinking I know they're different types of players but with Ajaria going back to Liverpool I think it, he's no huge miss to be honest and I think it could be a positive getting some actual Rangers players um, into the squad and getting a wee bit more game time I was just wondering what Alex thoughts were on that Yeah just watching the game yesterday beforehand we, we were talking about the actual set up by Rangers with McCrory and Jack uh, as a holding it was a, a 4-2-3-1 in which they played and for me, I, I I think one sufficient, particularly when you're playing against one of the teams at the bottom of the table, which would allow you to then get a more offensive player going forward. In terms of what he did, he did it very well. He gets about the part well. He keeps it neat and tidy, uh, similar to to Ryan Jack. But I, I I would prefer another offensive player in there. And you you touched on a Jari again back. I think that will be one of the priorities. Now we just heard uh, a Celtic fella on Twitter saying they need a right back, a uh, left winger, and a couple of strikers. For me, Rangers need. And out and out, someone to pull the strings in the park, dictate play, pr- probing, looking to killer passes, diagonals, get the, the tempo, similar to Callum McGregor. Uh, and then they also need a number 10, someone who can pick passes, slot players in. And uh, that I think that would be a priority for Steven Gerrard because, as I said earlier on, I think it was one goal and five in open play. And they need players who can open doors because if you put a low block against Rangers, then it becomes difficult for them to... Take half teams open And uh, you know That'll be something They'll be attentive of I was happy to hear Duncan say What's all the fuss about Jarry I going back To Liverpool Because I've been mystified By this You know As I said to the guys Yesterday There's not as if Brian Loudrup left Rangers here You know We're talking about For me A very average player Who would Not in this life Or the next Get a game in Liverpool's First team And will go out Somewhere else yeah. uh, And Mystified by all the fuss surrounding his departure. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone's distraught, Alex. It's just no. more. It's just a. It's a relatively interesting situation. It doesn't happen too often, especially not when a player is getting so much game time. So there's, I think, there's more intrigue rather than disappointment. I think. I think that's fair comment. But I think most of the people who have been involved in football are surprised that a boy who's playing football in front of fifty thousand decides that he wants to go back. And be effectively become mm. a reserve player Because uh-huh. that's exactly what happened yep. But the interesting thing about this whole thing Having listened to Steven Gerrard's comments Directly after the game He actually wanted the boy to stay yeah. So he must have seen something I'll tell you what, let's just hear from him then We're going to hold this uh, till a bit later on But why not, it's the beauty of live yeah. radio Here's Steven Gerrard talking about Ovi Ajaria um, He says he is sad that it's ended early But the player was simply unsettled and unhappy He's a Liverpool player, so first and foremost I have to respect the kid and the privacy and also I'd like to thank Liverpool for the opportunity to have me here for, for half the season. Am I disappointed he's gone? Yes. 
Do I think it's the right decision? No, because I think he had an incredible opportunity here. But I'm never going to stand in a player's way who's not happy and who's not settled because I've got people who are desperate to wear the shirt and who'd run through a wall to wear the shirt. So it is what it is. I have to accept the decision. I'm sad over it, but it is what it is. I wish him all the best. The kid, he's a, he's a nice kid, very quiet. And he told me it was 100% football reasons. I have to respect that. Do you think Liverpool still have no problem saying guys here for long periods in the future? I don't think so, no. Because we just sent one player back who's played 25 times, 11 games in Europe, who's wore the number 10 for Glasgow Rangers in front of 51,000 people. And we've got another Liverpool player here who's played probably around 20, who has reignited his career after two bad loans, has done unbelievably well, and I want him fit as soon as possible, but he's having the time of his life. Kids are different, characters are different. I have to accept that. What do you think of that, Duncan? Uh, no, as I say, I can agree with what the lads are saying there as well. Just um, you showed glimpses of what he could potentially do. There was obviously he was quite silky. Um, he looked good in the ball. He had the wee thing. Um, can't remember. It was one of the uh, European was it qualifiers. He scored mm-hmm. just inside the box or whatever. Um, he, he did look good, but I just don't think it'll be a huge loss. Just wondering if I could ask him another wee quick question while I was on there. Just after Alex saying about. Um, Obviously, needing a, a couple of players, a yeah. number ten being a, a vital one. I was just wondering, also, do, do you think we need another number nine? Obviously, um, with Sadiq away, yeah. <laughs> wasn't there a success? Um, and obviously, Morelos is getting suspended all the time or injured. And Lafferty being the only replacement there. Um, do we need another top goal scorer that can come in and do the job as well? Without a shadow of doubt, they definitely need another number nine. If anything happens to Morelos, then all oh, you've got uh, Big Lafferty to take up the reins. And I think by the money freed up by uh, Sadiq, then it's, it would make sense that you go. How with did Lafferty do yesterday? Oh, do you know what? He, he worked his socks off, Gordon. He chased everything, and, and it was. It's interesting because if he'd have scored the goal within, I know it's all ifs and buts. If he'd have scored that goal in the first minute. Quite a miss, wasn't it? It was remarkable, and uh, it's one of the ones you think it was harder to, to miss. I think um, you'd have scored it, Hugh. Genuinely, uh, as, as, as I, mean as, it, I mean as, it when I say it. As soon as somebody says. He worked his socks off You know there's a huge butt yeah, but, see, but, but what I have seen is you I have seen guys Who are going through a tough tide They try and hide You know they, their, their head goes down And they don't put that shift in So you can't take away From the fact that he chased Everything that moved And I tell you what The but one in the second half Was it the second half It was a wonder save From the Hamilton goalkeeper You've got to give credit header. to him Yeah the boy Woods Pulled off a great save I think he sprung across But it, you know If it was anyone else They wouldn't have got The actual header Because you laugh at his height He's managed to direct it on Which was a good enough half chance and the keeper pulled off a great save but there was other times and nothing was coming off for him and uh, he'd be disappointed because as a, as a striker you're kind of judged upon your goals and it didn't quite happen for him on the day and I don't think you know he's given Steven Gerrard any headaches uh, I think Morelos will come straight back into the team Alright thank you to Duncan and Motherwell it's 01419511025 to join in Mark is a Celtic fan from Hamilton Hi Mark Hi Gordon how are you doing? Oh good thanks I've got, a, I've got a couple of wee things tonight Go for it I don't. So you're saying about the transfer window coming up. That's massive for Celtic, and I think depending on what they do, I've, I've got five names here: Johnny Hayes, Simonovic. Great surprise with these two: Sham Brown and Scott Sinclair. I don't see a future for them after Christmas. Well, what do you think? Uh, I think in the case of Olivier and Sham, most certainly there is a future. Uh, he's a. T- I don't. I'm sorry for you, but I don't see that. I just the way he's been playing there the last couple of months, he's going back to me. Well. That remains to be seen I think he's a, a talent A genuine talent uh, he, he, Yeah he's going through a bad spell at the moment uh, But I'm quite certain he'll come again 
The captain's future I don't know We we know that Celtic have offered him a two year Extension to his contract And at the end of that two year extension The certainty of a coaching role At Celtic Park But he may decide that he'd like to take up Offers to go to Australia America, whatever, it's his life He's entitled to do whatever he feels is best Um so the only one that I'd quibble with in Sham And Sham is a really talented player He's not showing it at the moment But he's got talent Can I shoot you um, See if you go back to the end of the transfer window Porto were reported to have put in around about a £10 million bid for this guy uh-huh. For me, he's one of the best players uh, I agree that he's not at the level at the moment Celtic are kind of stuttering and stammering for, for one win to the next and, you know. So I think the, the circumstances are not helping them in terms of the shape McGregor's coming in Everybody's just forgot all about it. He was also injured things. And he wasn't yeah, playing too yeah. often So I think there's been Lack of form I think there's been an injury Trying to get back up to speed He's getting in When McGregor Is now the kingpin Christie's come in And made an unbelievable Six, seven, eight weeks Where he's just Everything he's touched Just went to gold So I think the circumstances For there But to, to disregard In Sham I think there'll be plenty of takers If you were deciding To let him Simonovic go. is another Interesting one though And Mark Brought up his name Benkovic will go back to Leicester yeah, Possibly Boyata. not till the end of the season Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, end of the season However uh, There's also doubt over Boyata He could go in January If Celtic get an offer That they feel they They can't resist uh, And for me Simonovic Has never convinced And I think The centre-back position Becomes a talking point for Celtic Because if Boyata goes And there's the certainty of Benkovic going back to Leicester City Then for me There's a definite vacancy or two there Mark just on Olivier and Cham Now it was only five weeks ago Celtic uh, gave him a bumper long term contract So that that would at least suggest That they think quite highly of him It's, it's only what I see Gordon when I go and watch him, I, don't, you know, him. I, just want, I, don't, I don't mean that you're wrong Yeah I don't, I don't mean you're wrong I'm talking about the likelihood what's happening in a bit, I'm talking about the likelihood We never go yesterday after 42 seconds If you watch was on Sky and he watched him trying to get back. It was as if he'd ran for 80 minutes, he did. And he was, you know, you, you thought you'd played a full game the way he was trying to get back. Well, I, I, you know, you're perfectly entitled to your opinion. Uh, I really do think he possesses an awful lot of talent. That's why Celtic paid £4.5 million to get him. Uh, and he has more to give than he is offering at the moment. But for me, he would never be one of the players to be got rid of in January Yeah Mark I suppose what I was trying to get at was more the likelihood of him leaving I'm not disagreeing with your opinion as such but if you just offer a player you give a player a new long term deal five weeks ago it doesn't seem likely that he's one they would try and move on I don't know I just not only my opinion you know that I just don't see um, every time he just, he's never aware and he's, 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 everyone goes back maybe him and Scott Brown just pass back to the defenders I've noticed on social media, Mark, there's a real sort of range of opinions among Celtic fans about odds on Edward because some are very critical. Oh, and that's true. I'm to come on to my second point. On you go then. About who is it, uh, it takes these players? I know that the lad Kennedy takes the defenders. Am I right there? I'm saying that. I don't actually think that is the case. And people no. tend to put two and two together because he was a defender. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't think that that is the case. But no, no, it's just worrying because I see that lad. I know I think it's only 19 year old, but. He doesn't have any. There's no control about him. There's the ball just bounced away from him. He's never gets into that six yard box or some great balls in yesterday, two or three, and he was 
he's standing about 10 yards out and he's no trying to get in there. He's not got a weary anything going on running about him as well. You know, he's got to get in there and try and put them in the net. And he's You have to bring the Brendan Rodgers factor into this. I, I have to believe that before Celtic paid £9 million to acquire Odds Nedwab, um, Brendan Rodgers sat down with the Celtic hierarchy and really made a strong pitch for Odson Edward. So uh, you, Mark, as a Celtic fan, would have to believe that Brendan Rodgers knows what he's doing. Uh, oh, of course he does. I don't disagree with that, but what I'm saying is, he's, got, he's just one of what they're doing during the week with him, you know? Well, you know, he the seems players... to be, I mean, he's never that. He's, Dembele could hold off players and defenders and lay the ball and get people into the game. This kid can't do that at the moment. But, I know he's only, but he's still got to be learning every day and he's got to be shown. But when Edward, coming at him. When Edward uh, scores at Ibrooks to make it 3-2 for Celtic there uh, and uh, gets the nickname French Eddie and everyone's in love with him, nobody ever says at that point, what does he do all week in training? I mean, he does have 13 goals this season, Alex, and a guy perhaps... Yep. Could benefit from someone Taking the burden off him We've been talking about How Celtic don't have They don't have Any other striker now Because Lee Griffiths Is having some off-field difficulties um, I mean he's, he's pretty much About one and two yep. since, he, since he joined Celtic Which is a A decent record But then of course If you're looking at Isolated incidents Jim Duffy said yesterday Yep there were one or two times When his movement in the box Just Maybe wasn't what he would expect he, He's still a work in progress Gordon They've, they've bought uh, Edward for £9 million They know that he can score goals The evidence is there 13 goals in 29 games And He's learning his trade For me He's a totally different player In terms of Dembele Dembele had that natural That he could Bounce off people And he'd Bring people into play I think Edward still has to find that I think Edward would go past Three and four players You've seen it You know His early part of the Celtic career Where he'd drift past Three or four players And get shots off I think that the problem is that they don't have another replacement Celtic Hence the reason why Brendan Rodgers came out recently And says we'll be looking to bring in two strikers in January Because they know that sometimes Because when you're 20 Your, your form fluctuates So they, they've got nobody to put in his place at the moment So he has to just keep playing away And work his way through this We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB Alex McLeish I say this every time Yeah, I assume it's not that one He says Hugh Keevans is right in panto mode Writing off 50% of the Celtic team Just an old villain In this studio <laughs> Bah humbug he says Even the current players could win the league And could make a treble treble It's just a bad game only, It happens There's only one thing I could say to that Oh no I'm not <laughs> I think we'll leave that one there uh, Keep your thoughts coming on Rangers against Hamilton yesterday And I want to get into this Europa League draw We're going to hear from Brendan Rodgers on Valencia After the travel with Clare Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. It is Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray that are here tonight and they're waiting to take your calls. So do get in touch or tweet at Clyde SSB. Uh, that's exactly what Mark Butler has done. He says, Is Ryan Hardy good enough to be the third striker at Rangers as backup to Morelos and Lafferty? One that came up over the weekend, yeah. Alex, understandably so, given the, uh, the performance on Friday from Livingston. Well, I think they, they've already had a look at Ryan. Uh, he, he played uh, spells um, and they decided to let him go back out to Livingston. Now, he's had seven months out, Gordon. He's had a terrible time when he's come back. I think it's three goals he scored in his last couple of games. He looks to be on fire. Uh, but for me, he needs to go another level before he can be considered as a, a regular at Rangers. I think you have to show respect to Rangers, Celtic and Kilmarnock and say the league championship... Is a viable entity here 
No one's double digit figures away from anybody else. Hearts are still right up there. They've played yeah. a bit more, but uh, you, you know, you'd have to have more belief in Kilmarnock than Hearts. But no one's past the finishing mm. post yet. So when the transfer window comes along, again with respect to Ryan Hardy, Stephen Gerrard's looking for someone who could win him a title. Brendan Rodgers is looking for someone who can cement eight in a row. It's not about bringing back fellas who are on loan. Mark was asking his backup, to be fair to Mark on Twitter. Uh, Right, give us your thoughts on Valencia. Is that doable for Celtic? Is it a stretch too far? Could it have been worse? Could it have been better? You tell us. 0141-951-1025. Brendan Rodgers, he says he is excited by the draw. Uh, He says they've still got lots to do, though, before they can think about that game. The Celtic boss also went to Spain, Hugh, to study Valencia as a young coach. uh, And he was also part of the staff at Chelsea when they won there. One, delighted to to obviously been in the draw, and uh, and two, it's of course it's another game against a team with a great history and uh, one of the, the great teams in Spain. So, um, so yeah, so obviously when it comes, it's it'll be a long way off, but uh, but yeah, we're uh, of course delighted to be in there, and we know it's going to be a really good game. In terms of you look at the the league, it's been a difficult been a difficult season for them, but I think over the last few years it's been a difficult period in the history of of Valencia. Uh, but I've seen them this season against Manchester United I thought when I seen the game at Old Trafford I thought they played very very well uh, in that game what you would describe as a typical Spanish team technically very good got a good idea technically and tactically of the game and, uh, and get some very good players uh, again it's, it will be a tough test by the time it comes around but, uh, but of course we have the first leg at home in that game and we would like to, to bring some sort of advantage into the second leg but uh, yeah, I think firstly when I was a young coach, they were one of the teams that I would have travelled over to Spain to, to study. I think the last time I was there, I was there with Chelsea uh, when I was part of the first team staff and we played a Champions League qualification game and we won 2-1 on the evening, I believe it was. So yes, that was my last time at the Mestalla. So, uh, but it's a very famous stadium and a wonderful atmosphere in it. Uh, Gary's a Celtic fan in Shettleson. When that name came out the hat today, Gary, I'm sure you were keeping an eye on it. What was your sort of gut reaction? Valencia. Yeah. So they've been they've won a couple of times now, haven't they? The last five, six years. Yeah, certainly got a good uh, European pedigree, Hugh. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You, you won La Liga for the last time sixteen years ago. Mind you, Real Madrid and Barcelona are a bit of a complication in that direction. Uh, they're not bad, but it, it's a great draw. You know, the, for Celtic, for the Celtic supporters. Uh, if you fight your way through the group stage You might as well enjoy a team from La Liga You might as well enjoy your trip to the Mestalla uh, And savour a 60,000 crowd inside Celtic Park When they have to come here Alex, it strikes me as being right there in the middle Where it's 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 glamorous enough But it's not that absolute glamour tie Where you're going to get battered And you're only worried about the, the glamour of it Um but at the same time, it's not one of those. Yeah, that's the easiest draw we could have had, and I'm glad on a footballing sense, uh, you know, that the chances of progression are high. It's probably just middle somewhere in the, the middle. Gordon, it's absolutely it's in the middle of the road. I think Celtic will feel as if they have the resources to uh, get through this tie. Valencia, 14th in the Spanish league. They, it's interesting if you go back several years, they were one of the bigger ones. They were oh. in the top three, four. Uh, with Mendieta and guys like that were involved, but um, they're, they're very much on the decline. They might be starting to come back now. So as I, and I think the most important thing for Celtic Is that they take a lead over to Spain The other fascination of course Is 
We'll be playing for Celtic By the time this tie rolls around Because we'll have had The full January transfer window And who knows Who Brendan Rodgers Might have brought in To, to strengthen Celtic I mean I was speaking to someone Over in Spain today Hugh Talking about The real consideration Is will Valencia Even have the same manager By the time the game comes around uh, Mar- Marcelino The manager at the moment Is under a little bit of pressure Because like we say They're, they're toiling a bit in the league But having said that I mean they finished fourth last season Yeah, That's why they've just been in the Champions League So um, Celtic, perhaps still one to be cautious of Celtic only have to go back to RB Salzburg last week Their quality They're not from La Liga But their quality And their quality was too much for Celtic uh, And you know, we have other examples of the top sides The best sides being too much for Celtic However as I say the fascination is who might Celtic have in their team by the time this tie rolls around mid-February? Gary, you want to come back in? Aye, aye. Did you talk about Scott Brown? Hugh, yeah. you understand this. He's been a great servant for us, right? Uh-huh. We've just found a, we've just found a better player. Scott Brown could walk into a lot of teams in there and be a top, top player. But uh, Callum's, Callum's there to do a job uh, and he's doing it well. We're not losing many games. When he's playing that role So he is I know The club might Think they ought to Scott Brown To keep playing him But We don't We've got a player there As in Callum So I think we should just keep Keep The players Who are playing Winning games on Stop Stop chopping and changing And keep it the way it is well, chopping and changing was necessary yesterday because Lee Griffiths has personal issues. Kieran Tierney uh, and uh, Rogic had fitness problems. And then, of course, Carl McGregor Christie. did play there against Salzburg, and I know they were good. I know that, but yeah. then it got to half time, and everyone yeah. thought, well, we need, we need Scott Brown there to, to change this. And it's only a few days ago since Brendan Rodgers said that sentimentality would not decide anything where Scott Brown was concerned whether he played or did not play sentimentality won't come into it Celtic have offered Scott Brown a two year extension to his contract with the promise of a coaching job at the end of it because Brendan Rodgers clearly values Scott Brown he was well off the pace yesterday but that may have more to do with the fact that he's been out injured for weeks and is trying to rediscover the pace uh, so I don't think that Celtic want Scott Brown to go anywhere But you're perfectly entitled to say that without him They certainly enjoyed a rich team of form Hugh, you're saying that the two year deal is on the contract yeah. With a, a potential uh, coaching role at the end of it Why Why do you feel as if it's not been signed then? Because, you know, at his age uh-huh. Where he's at, with the service he's given to the club If that was on the table at that age, what is he, 34 now? So surely he would actually sign that now If that was actually well, the Remember case. Brendan Rodgers said He just deserved the ch- He deserved the opportunity To have yeah. a look around And see what was there yeah. There's been all this talk About Australia and so on I mean I don't know uh, How old Scott Brown's children are But all these considerations Have to be borne in mind You know if you want to take Your family to the other side Of the world uh, Then you really have to Give yourself time To think about that uh, So I couldn't give you an answer to the question, yeah. Alec. But, you know, but the the offer is there for him. Final word to you on this, Gary. Aye, just to say this is all going to come down to the January transfer. So it is. All, all the calls of of I say the decisions. We all need the, all, all the decisions fault. So Celtic need two strikers, at least two strikers, or we be squeaky bum time. 
Well, again, no one will be more aware of this than the manager. And at the end of the day, Brendan Rodgers has a position to protect as well. Because if Celtic failed to win the title, it would not only be a shattering blow for the Celtic supporters, because the dream of 10 in a row would have gone, uh, it would also do nothing for Brendan Rodgers' reputation on a wider scale. And one day, and no one need doubt this, one day someone will come in for Brendan Rodgers. Uh, but it wouldn't look good in his CV not to win the league up here. That's the minimum requirement when Celtic agreed to pay him £2.5 million a year, not including bonuses. The minimum requirement is he wins the league here. All right, thank you to Gary and Shettleson on Twitter. Scott, he says, my first reaction was that it was a winnable tie against Valencia. Uh, plus, I think Celtic will easily win the league. I've got no doubts uh, about that. Mark Lynch saying, Gordon, I've always hated the fact teams get drawn against third position Champions League teams. Once you're out, you're out. Not a fair situation for teams who qualify fairly. I mean, that's just the structure of the Europa League. You, you know that when you get through... You're going to face some some big sides Sides that have dropped in from the Champions League Valencia being one of them Yeah And when you fail to qualify for the Champions League You get the chance to go into the Europa League So you have great nights at Celtic Park And you advance to the last 32 So You know if you go out of the Champions League Does that mean you should be thrown out of Europe altogether? Clearly not That's not how UEFA feel I mean What would you say would have been the the worst case scenario Is it an Napoli or something Is that the one that yeah, Nap- Celtic would have been Delighted to avoid I think Chelsea, that, Arsenal, Napoli Those three When you watch Napoli play They're phenomenal What a, what a really good Entertaining team uh, I think Arsenal and Chelsea Would have been a really Difficult ties as well You look at I think it's at 22 games Up until yesterday That, that the run that Arsenal had gone on uh-huh. Which equaled or Bettered their record By one game uh, so I feel as if they would have got any of them guys It would have been a wee bit of bridge mm. too far I think it's a really good draw for Celtic Hell, Barry's on Twitter He says Valencia are 14th at the moment 3 wins, 10 draws, 3 losses I'd take a punt on Celtic to do the job But we need to get back on form first Keep the calls coming It's time for this Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday it's always a good way to kick off your week by coming on here and beating the pundit. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are ready to take you on. So if you fancy it, pick up the phone right now and dial 01419511025. You need to do it quick though because you do only have until the news at 7 o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. A team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here and we've got an immediate Opening for Beat the Pundit Because the contestant has just disappeared We can't get him back Now is your chance If you want to play Beat the Pundit right now Go and pick up the phone Do it quick 0141 951 1025 Give us a call right now And it could be you taking on Hugh Keevans Or Alex Ray at Beat the Pundit What an incentive What a way to kick off your week Come on, let's hear from you 0141 951 1025 Well I'll take on anybody else <laughs> The lighting up now Oh the phones are lighting up You Kevins Fighting talk shug You see It's the The overwhelming desire To take me apart That has united a nation (laughs) The panto villain As you were called earlier on (laughs) Have you recovered from uh, A busy weekend for you Um, you, Internet fame For your pronunciation Of the well known Popular music artist Jason Derulo I even had uh, A tweet from Diane 
Noxie, as we all knew her here when she was a music presenter here. She's now in Florida. The word has reached yes, the states yes, of your said, pronunciation. What's all this about you and Jason Derulo? Yeah. If you missed that on Saturday's show, Hugh found a piece of paper from George Bowie's show um, and he thought the name was Jason Derulo rather <laughs> than Derulo. So it was good. Anyway, John Marshall's from East Kilbride. He wants to play Beat the Pundit tonight. Confident, John? Uh, depends who I get Right well toss the coin See who you're up against Heads it's going to be Hugh Tails It will be Alex It's Tails It's Alex Ray Against John from He's East confident Bride. now He's confident <laughs> now Exactly uh, So we're going to give you Clyde 2 in the year Alex Make sure you don't know What we're saying uh, And get the clock up and running John you've got 30 seconds You're going head to head With Alex The secret Is that you can pass So if you don't know it uh, Pass it no And you'll do it quickly No problem Alex, can you still hear me? You're making strange gestures. There we go. Right, he's got. Right, let's get the clock ready. You ready, John? No problem, thanks. Name any team Valencia played in the Champions League groups this season. Manchester United. Who did Derby face tonight? Nottingham Forest. Who's got the better goal difference, Livingston or Aberdeen? Uh, Levy. Which other club was Ovia Jarrell loaned to from Liverpool? Brentford. Who's the captain of Hamilton Ackies? What nationality is Hibs Vikintas Slivka? Lithuanian. Who won PFA Scotland's Player of the Year last season? Much of them, I don't know. Okay, no, no problem at all. Let's get Alex back. Alex, can you hear us? Yes. Right, same set of questions to you. Ready? Yep. Name any team Valencia played in the Champions League groups this season. Man United. Who did Derby face tonight? Nottingham Forest. Who's got the better goal difference, Livy or Aberdeen? Livingston. Which other club was Ovia Jaria loaned to from Liverpool? Sunderland. Who is the captain of Hamilton Ackies? Uh, McKinnon. Uh, what nationality is Hibs Vikintas Slivka? Uh, Finnish. Uh, who won PFA Scotland's Player of the Year last season? <laughs> Just guess uh, a name. Quick, 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 quick. Scott Brown. Uh, how do you think that went, John? Uh, I think I'm tapped. You think so? Oh. I think so. All right, let's get out there. Let, let's go through them and find out. I think we've got a stewards' inquiry brewing on one of them. Oh, no. I'm a Good. bit worried about we one of them. I must say. Producer now. I must say. Name any team Valencia played in the Champions League groups this season. Man United. You both went for Man United. You both got it. Who did Derby face tonight? Nottingham Forest. You both got it. Two all. It then went three all. Hugh Keevans. Oh. The standard was high tonight. Livingston. Have the better goal difference out of them in Aberdeen. Uh, it's plus eight. Which other club was Ovia Jarry alone to from Liverpool? It's Sunderland. So first blood, Alex Ray. He goes into a four-three lead. Um, I'm going to come back to the next question because that's sure. where the stewards' inquiry lies. Uh, what nationality is Hibs Vikintas Slivka? He's Lithuanian. Uh, John knew it. You said oh. Finnish, so he equalises. You then move one in front because you said Scott Brown was the PFA Scotland Player of the Year, and he was. John, you just couldn't quite get a name out there. You've thought about no, Forrest and Dembele. Exactly. So uh, Alex goes back into the lead, and it's all going to come down to this question Who is the captain of Hamilton? The answer down here is Dougie Emery. John went Dougie Emery, and you've gone Darian McKinnon, who, I, you're right, has definitely been wearing the armband recently. So we're going to need to get a steward's inquiry to find out who the club captain of Hamilton Ackies is. And we're going to have to do it quickly, Hugh Keevans. Well, I thought it was Darian McKinnon, I must say. And I'm just I'm looking for some guidance from the producer. He's just got his head down. He's just he's ignoring me. He's not got a clue. Doesn't care. Yeah. So 
We just we just share it, take it to a tiebreaker anyway. Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> I think I think I think we get, I think we give the benefit of the doubt and we take you to the tiebreaker and try and separate this. <laughs> Alex Ray's not do, having do, it. No, but the thing is, I'm actually just looking <laughs> to see on uh, not him having it at all. Anyway, let's go. To the let's just go to the tiebreaker, John. You happy with that? No problem. I'm giving you a last chance, right? Okay. I'm going to read the question out. I'm going to get Alex Ray to write his answer down, and I will then get you to give me your attempt, John. In what year was the Glasgow Cup first played? As a youth tournament An under 19s tournament So in what year was the Glasgow Cup First played as an under 19 tournament Alex Ray write your answer down please and Show me it Yeah sure Okay John what's your attempt uh, 2007 Oh wow Very close oh. <laughs> Alex has gone for 2008 Eight. Is that right? Yeah John has gone for 2007 I can tell you the answer's 1990 So John, John Pipshy <laughs> oh, We were close John John Pipshy um, I'm, still, I'm still waiting on the, the, the definitive on this uh, Doogie, um, Doogie Emery is listed as the club captain Well that's, that's fair enough Well done John well, Certainly according to the reliable source that is Wikipedia um, So John, it's John's anyway regardless Because he either won it there or yeah so on Well done John Right, thanks a lot Good I man, that me. was John The same ball is on its way to John in East Colbride We got there in the end, Hugh Keevans I, I cannot believe that they, they went to a, a youth cup final 28 years ago wouldn't, wouldn't have mattered because John knew Doogie Emery We're giving him the Wikipedia version So there we go You're right, I think Darry McKinnon has worn the armband But there you go Alex is still looking at it He's going he's gonna to launch his own Stuart's inquiry all, Right, let's keep the thoughts coming then on the weekend's football. Let's hear from you Hibs fans. We've not heard from you. Surely a chance to get some bragging rights in after that wonderful performance yesterday. Who else would have been the, the big winners from the weekend, Hugh? I'm thinking Kilmarnock, mm, yeah. Motherwell certainly at the bottom. When you look at the other teams down there all losing, Motherwell winning, uh, St Mirren still down there at the bottom. I read uh, a, a nice phrase about Kilmarnock this morning, that the team who refused to go away yeah. You know, there have been various points in the season where you thought, well, they'll, they'll, they'll slip away now. And it doesn't happen. And on Saturday, they went back to the top of the league. On Sunday, they were replaced by Rangers. But they hang in there. Uh, and it's to their great credit. As I say, I've, I've had my fun with Stevie Clark calling him the Grinch because he hates Kilmarnock's name being mentioned in association with this. But for as long as they are the team who refuse to go away... They're in the mix Sorry Steve You're in the mix <laughs> one, what, The one for me Gordon Was uh, the Livington, Livingston result When you consider yeah. They're po- one point behind Hearts and Aberdeen And All being that Celtic Have uh, several games It's five points Six points to command it's a, it's a remarkable achievement When you consider yeah. Everyone in this show Had them as relegation Yeah uh, conti- Oh can- don't you worry contested. I'll be reminding you all of that When the predictions get brought back out They're locked away in my drawer Hugh Keevans Well We will revisit that At another time Much later down the road Let's hear from Neil Lennon um, Because this is what happens Isn't it you, you sort of focus on What Celtic didn't do And how Celtic could have been better But what about what Hibs did because they have been really poor form recently and they got a spectacular win at Easter Road. Let's hear from the manager. Well, you know, it's a remarkable performance, really, under the circumstances. And, um, you know, considering the emissions we had out of the squad, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the team and delighted with them. I'm also annoyed with them because two weeks ago against Kilmarnock we were pathetic and then we go and 
put two back-to-back wins playing really well. So that should kickstart our season again. We know if we can overcome Rangers on Wednesday, we'll be back in the top six and all of a sudden things start looking really healthy again. But we looked healthy today. There was a good belief about us and um, on the counter-attack, I thought we were fantastic. And, you know, off the ball, our discipline was very, very good. Our tactical discipline was very good. And we've beaten a very good team today. You've got the, the dream start. It's not often you, you get kind of more your own way against Celtic. So what do you mean? In terms of you, Hibs had a great performance, but Celtic struggled today as well. Yeah, but I think that's down to the way we played rather than the way Celtic played. I didn't think Celtic... They made, they made it look a little bit flat. And you, I know from my own experience after the big European nights that, that there can be a, a bit of a hangover. And we got off to a great start, but you're looking at it going... It was a great flow and move, and then you're looking at it going... 89 minutes to go. <laughs> it could be a long 89 minutes, and you're waiting for the tidal wave to come. But we we kept going, and uh, we created a lot of good chances in the first half, and very good chances second half to win the game by more. And that's not being, I don't think that's being disrespectful to Celtic in any way. I thought some of our football was, was superb today, and a great second goal as well. You know, it was a fantastic finish. Colin and Stephen are amongst the Yankees fans getting in touch to say that Dougie Emery is the club captain, and Darren McKinnon is the team captain. I mean, the, it's not exactly, the question just said, who's the captain? So you can understand why there's a bit of confusion here. Well, you did the right thing and went to a tie break. So I thought it just says captain. Yeah. The, the, the great thing about Neil Lennon and Hibbs yesterday, I love it when this happens. All the conspiracy theorists have to go and sit down and shut up. You know, all those who say, oh, Neil Lennon will never try against Celtic. And no one, no one tries harder. To my way of thinking Against Celtic Than Neil Lennon uh, So now um, The Rangers supporters Can go there on Wednesday And know that Neil Lennon will try His very best Against Rangers And mm. Celtic uh, I Hibbs is on Twitter He says Neil Lennon's been superb A makeshift team With eight players out Who was the last team To beat Celtic With that injury list Mac is on the line He's a happy hibby I'm sure I am I am I just wanted to say actually um, I don't know, you'll be able to maybe correct me here if this is wrong, but I think um, Brendan Rodgers hasn't actually won at Easter Road because I'm sure the last couple of games we played them, last season was 2-1, we beat uh, Celtic, and the game before was, uh, I think it was 2-2. It would be an um, astonishing, need to check that, Mark, it would be an astonishing yeah, I don't thing. Yeah, I don't think he's won it at Easter Road. The astonishing of a man... That Thinking had, back to the season before, Invincible though. season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Celtic, maybe I, maybe I come yeah, on, Mike. I need to get your facts right, man. <laughs> He's Alex, just winding you up. In the invincible, in the invincible season. Hold on, a second, Mike. In the invincible season, I think Celtic only had four draws. They had no defeats. Four draws. So the 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 so was, was not one of them at Easter Road, though. Well, they'd be there twice, I would have reckoned. Uh, so, yeah. uh, no, not necessarily. Anyway, what about the performance yesterday? Marcus saying he was he was I delighted. Thought the lads were, thought the lads were brilliant. Like um, from start to finish, um, I thought the, the fans were great as well. As we got right behind them and that, and just really encouraged because obviously after Kilmarnock, which was a very very you know abysmal, and really the game should have ended at Kilmarnock with a floodlight failure. Um, we came back and done well against Hamilton because uh, we had that draw with St Mirren in the in the, in the middle and just. Obviously, like I just thought, we really were at it. You know what I mean. And we always seem to raise our game against Celtic and Rangers, and hopefully we're carrying on it to Wednesday. Um, but this is I, why I, this is why Neil Lennon gets upset. Macker's right, by the way, because remember Hibs were promoted, of course. So uh, right. last season it was a two-one win at Easter Road, a two-all draw at Easter Road, uh, and Celtic won a game 
at home Drew a game at home yeah. And there was one at Hamden So there you go You are right Macca Well done I'll go back to what Neil, Neil Lynn said You know He said he was annoyed with them After the game Because It's only a couple of weeks ago Since they played in a manner That he described As pathetic yeah. And this is This is my Number one bugbear People raise their game Against Celtic and Rangers And then slip up In all manner of places The Hibs performance yesterday Minus several Automatic choices for New Lennon was outstanding. They ripped Celtic apart. They they could sure no problem. They could smell blood from the first minute, and they scored in the first minute. And Celtic never had a look in. Uh, now, for me, players who then go back into their shell and start to slip up against lower six teams, you know, for me, that's just not good enough. Mackie, I've got a question for you. Part of the half of the stand behind the goal, which Celtic were occupying, um, pretty much it was left empty. What's your stance on that? Because I've obviously cut the allocation for the old firm. Uh, they've made a conscious decision. Now, my friend was at the game yesterday and he says that I was led to believe by doing that, the two games from each was effectively the four games against the old firm. It's 175 grand they'll lose if they don't sell these seats. Oh. What's your thoughts yeah. on that in terms of a business going forward? Um, well, my thoughts on that are that if, if Celtic and Rangers give Hibs a decent amount of tickets, then they can have to stand. But it's it, luckily, I'm at Hibs, I'm on the away season ticket scheme. So when we play Rangers and Celtic, you get allocated like a ticket straight away. But it's making it harder for people to get tickets because you're only getting, say, 800 or... I mean, you'll know yourselves with the whole old firm, um, you know, the whole old firm sort of ticket distribution for the away, the away support, you know. You imagine how many people ring up and, you know, next week say, oh, I didn't get a ticket and it was hard to get one. And that's what it's like for us. So, if, if you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, you know. If you, if you, if you give us the amount of tickets that we should have, I mean, Celtic, when we played at Celtic Park, gave us, I think it was a, it was a 500 ticket first and then gave us 200 or something the next time, um, like like later on before we played them, and then made a big song and dance about saying, oh, we've gave you 200 extra tickets. Well, no, sorry, you gave us what we should mm. already have. Sure. Um, and I just think it makes it harder for, for the people that go every week, which brings me nicely onto my point that, obviously, as you know, lads, I'm, I'll, I'll have no sight and I live in Durham, and um, I go to all the matches like home and away with with him, Sam Sunderland, and um, I just wanted to thank the Tyneside Celtic supporters group because they uh, they basically wherever Celtic go, they go, and um, there's always either like a bus or a car going up, and um, obviously they were going to the game yesterday, and um, and they were very very helpful from start to finish as usual, and they're an absolute credit to their to their uh, football team and. I don't think people realise the amount of people that do that travel up to Scottish football from England because obviously Scottish football gets a hammering down here, you know. But there is a lot of fans there that, that go up and obviously I'm coming back up again on Wednesday mm. and then I'm um, heading down with the Sunderland fans to support Alex's old club, of course, Sunderland, yeah. against Portsmouth because I know Alex keeps mentioning his old club, <laughs> Wolves. But he had some great years in Sunderland as well. Uh, Hugh Macan and Hibs fans like him will be hoping that this is somewhat of a turning point they got so much praise at the start of the season and rightly so then that run came out of nowhere and you know all of a sudden they're languishing oh. way down the table you just wonder what, what that can do for you a, a performance and a win like that well they will certainly go into the Rangers game flying 
because they've dismantled Celtic uh, and that does wonders for the self-esteem so the Neil Lennon will have them well fired up for the game against Rangers and they've got hearts to play before the, the mid-winter break as well uh, and nobody needs fired up for that one um, so I can only imagine that it's been a really good thing for them and uh, good luck to them they played very well yesterday and Camberry all of a sudden remembered where he was and his goal for Hibs the second goal of the afternoon was an absolute beauty I know that Celtic gave him the freedom of Edinburgh but the way he brought the ball down the way he finished uh, you know it's good for his confidence immediately before the Rangers game some finish wasn't it it was absolutely brilliant he um, he took it out his feet his first touch the actual the diagonal pass was brilliant as well what a lovely ball through ball it was and he was just anticipating the keeper going down and then he's oh. rifled in he, took, he actually reminded me obviously on his left foot when he scored at Parkhead early in the season now that's him get eight goals Hugh yeah. so potentially he could really kick on because he, I think the Gary Parker called him out publicly a couple of weeks ago and said they need more from him that's the way to respond Thank you to Maka in Durham It's 01419511025 Remember let's talk as many of the weekend talking points as we can St Mirren fans Another defeat Not not the worst performance A fairly close game What did you make of it? Still bottom of the table Any Motherwell fans Kilmarnock fans It was a big weekend for everyone So get in touch uh, And after this We're going to get the full time teaser up and running mm. It's a good one <laughs> And we're going to speak to Andy in Coat Bridge Who wants to talk about Rangers performance Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. It's time for Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray to tackle tonight's full-time teaser. That's when you send the questions in to us and we try and catch the pundits out between this time every night and the end of the show. So if you like the sound of that and you've got something you'd like to send in, the address you need is fulltime at clyde1.com. Who's Captain Hamilton in the last 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> Full time at Clyde1.com is the address you need. Martin Burns has sent this one in tonight. Who are the 10 defenders with the most headed goals in English Premier League history? So who are the 10 defenders with the most headed goals in English Stevie Premier Bruce. League history? No. Pallister? No. John Terry? Yes, he's number one. By a mile. No, no, uh, Defenders Johnny's got 27 headed goals John Terry Phenomenal Who are the 10 defenders With the most headed goals In English Premier League history You can play along on Twitter If you fancy it At Clyde SSB <laughs> The look on Hugh Keevan's yeah, face just to think he, um, It was like when he picked up That bit of paper And seen and, uh, saw Jason Derulo On it Carragher Jimmy Carragher No um, Saul Campbell Yes he's got 15 uh, as I said, Pallister didn't a Bruce. What about Yap Stam? No. All right, that's a good Tony start. Adams is going to be there. No, he's not actually. Martin Keon. No. no. <laughs> uh, it's a good start. You've got two of ten. Ten defenders with the most headed goals in English Premier League history. John Terry and Sol Campbell. We're looking for another eight. So help us out at Clyde SSB. I know you'll know that for sure. Or you'll certainly know some of them. Uh, right, let's speak to Andy in Coat Bridge. He's a Rangers fan. Hi, Andy. How you doing, panel? How you doing? Yep, All good, right. thanks. Uh, it's just about Sunday's game. Um, obviously, it wasn't the best performance. You know, it was one of the ones you just need to grind out. But I, I can't. I just can't seem to grasp the negativity between the Rangers fans. Um, it's just in the day. I, I would. I would prefer to play like that and get three points. 
Do you know what I mean? I watched the gate, you know, I mean, the second barely Walter Smith when I was at the games, and sometimes we were we were mince. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We were we were terrible, but at the same time, we got the one 0 wins. We got the three points. At the end of the day, you can play the worst football in, in the world. See, as long as you're getting three points in that table, that's all that matters. It's as simple as that. People who go away for the games and go, aye, we got three points on one nil, but aye, it was aye, we rubbish. We, play, uh, we didn't play well. You see yourself, what's the big deal here? You're still getting three points. I mean, that's what my point is here. Mm. What, why is the, what's the big negativity about this? Do you know what I mean? The guarantee I give you is that if... Rangers beat Celtic 1-0 on the 29th of December There will be no such complaints heard uh, But Tensions rising But approaching the halfway stage in the season Rangers are top of the league Some fans believe The title win is on Others are sceptical Others don't dare think about it uh, So We've arrived at serious time And when there's a A drop in standards when it's like yesterday, I think people overreact to that. Is it because, Alex, there's perhaps a, a feeling that at some point Rangers will have to to raise their level? Because it's pretty obvious. I mean, Andy is right. If Rangers win, yeah. if Rangers play badly every single game between now and the end of the season and win 1-0, they'll win the league. Yeah. So you can see where Andy's coming from, but at the same time, it must then come from a sort of a fear, a worry that at some point, we're going to need to raise the level And are we seeing signs of that at the moment? It's not just uh, the Rangers fans, Gordon when you hear well, Exactly, the manager said it himself When you hear me? Stephen Gerrard afterwards Now I said uh, at the post-match When Mark Guidi said to me What's, what's your take on this? I said they'll be delighted with the three points Because ultimately when Celtic are dropping points And you ma- take the maximum points Then obviously that kind of gives you that added advantage Now the problem you've got is When it comes up against better opposition You're going to have to Raise that level The quality The crosses uh, You know The passes They all have to be better Because you're up against Better teams And you have to Carve them open uh, So they'll have to Raise that And I think that's where Stephen Gerrard's frustration A lot of the Rangers fans Frustration On the back of yesterday uh, But I also get the concept That uh, You can win Games scruffily uh, But ultimately You want to play A bit better than that Because For me Further down the line Will come unstuck Now if you want to go back To Dundee they didn't create as many chances as you should have. Aberdeen, uh, Livingston away. So these are games that you have to find a way of getting results because if you can unlock the doors, then you may well be more points ahead. One of the interesting things that Stephen Gerrard said post-match was he said, I thought it should have been over after 15 minutes. 15? Mm. Uh, so, you know, it's almost like breach of promise. Lafferty misses a sitter. Candia scores the goal and only two minutes have gone and both of those things have happened. And Stephen Gerrard, like many Rangers supporters, thought we are going to blow them off the park. 15 minutes was all Stephen Gerrard gave Hamilton in the match. Andy, do you want to come back in there? Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's games where, I mean, sometimes, some games we look as if, I mean, the way we pass the ball about different things, I mean, we blow teams away. Like, like the Malo game, um, I mean, obviously we were, we were on top in that game quite a bit. But I'm I'm in the point now where I'm happy to take the three points. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm really happy. If it's a scruffy win, it's a scruffy win. The striker uh, position for me, it has to be looked at. A lot, I hear a lot of fans coming on here saying, I mean, Rangers fans themselves saying, um, oh, Morelos, he's disciplined, blah, blah. Just get behind the guy. I mean, end of the day, he had one rescinded, blah, blah. Right? He's, I know he's a young laddie. He should be learning a wee bit more English for the year he's been here. 
But just get behind the guy. I think Big Lafferty, I think we'll need to wait till the split comes because that's when he starts to come alive when he plays for Rangers. But I think in January, Rangers definitely need to go and get a, another striker there to be challenging. And maybe just, you know, somebody just behind them, um, you know, to pull the strings and, and different things and set people up because we've lacked that. I don't know if it's maybe the formation that we're playing, but the three in the midfield, you don't really have that person just, you know, just behind the striker pulling the strings. But, um, to me, I think the negativity at the end of the day, two weeks ago when I was coming home for the game, I didn't think we would be in the same position we were in. But we are uh, on top of the league and hopefully we can keep it going um, into the next game and obviously into the Celtic game coming up. Thank you very much. That was Andy and Coat Bridge, 0141 um, Scott Murray's on Twitter, Hugh, uh-huh. um, and he says, do you still think Martin Canning is doing a great job? Especially after Sunday, one shot all game, Canning has to go and the media need to realise they are the main contributor as to why Canning is not challenged by the board at Aki's. I didn't know you were so powerful, but no, there no, we go. That's rubbish. Absolute <laughs> rubbish. Which part? Uh, the, the part about the media uh, are keeping him in a job. Media don't keep Martin Canning in a job. Martin Canning does that for himself with the approval of Ronnie McDonald and everyone else at Hamilton Aki's. I have only one point of view on Martin Canning. If he keeps Hamilton Aki's in the division, he's a success. If they go out of the division, it's up to Ronnie McDonald and everyone there uh, to decide his fate. But if Aki's stay in the Premiership, then he stays in his job. Horrendous start for us. Um, thought we were nervy at the start. Maybe understandable, in the, maybe the former in, but... There's no reason to be. There's no reason to be. I see this every time. Every game is a different, a different opportunity to go and impress. And when you come to places like this, you, if, if you don't embrace it and don't look to come and enjoy it, and you become here timid, then that's what happens. That start and that first half, we weren't good enough. Second half were a lot better. It was a more a competitive game. Um, and the one thing you've got to do, and you can see that early, is stay in the game as long as you can. And you can see that Rangers become a little bit nervous in the last 15-20 minutes. Um, we still believe we can get something because we're still in the game at one nothing. And that's why Woodsy's save in the second half was a great save for Lafferty. I think when these type of games go too, they're in danger of running away from you because they relax a little bit as well. They're not as much concerned about you countering and maybe getting something from the game. So, but all in all, after the start we had, um, I was pleased with the response and the attitude of the players and thought we defended the box really well. It was a lot of crosses, a lot of corners, a lot of free kicks into the box and, and we defended them great. Alex, what do you think about the tweet that we just read out from Scott and, and then hearing from Martin yeah. Canning? Listen, I get a wee bit of grief off the Hamilton fans. Uh, I, I actually said... That I feel as if he's doing a decent job And, and a, my reasoning for that is, is He's managed to keep a team Who have the lowest budget in the division oh. All being Now Livingston may well be uh, Blown that out of the water But over recent years uh, He's managed to keep them in the division They constantly lose all their better players And the, the acid test for Livingston next year will, will be when all the good players Who are out of contract get cherry picked Whether they can go again And have the same impact they have this year Hamilton have managed to do that and that's the reason why I feel as if he's doing a decent enough job because I know the kind of salary they're paying at Hamilton. It's it's you know it's not the the best, but they do what they do with the resources they have, and they run the club brilliantly. And then they bring in young kids, and they always filter young boys through the system. Mm. Uh, you two are in agreement here, so I'm just going to automatically take the the other side oh, of the uh-huh. argument. Uh-huh. If you're a Hamilton Lackeys fan, can you understand? You get a bit fed up perhaps Of this budget argument Time and time again When You look at Livingston And say well Their budget's not holding them back 
It's a different I told you this a few weeks ago In terms of This is a team that's actually Come through two or three uh, Seasons together they've, Continuity Yeah they've managed to hold on To their players Because know why No one took a nibble in the summer When they get promoted No one expected it So they've managed to keep Holding all these players And that's what I'm trying to say to you Next year There'll be a lot of the boys Will get cherry picked And that's just the nature of the game And it's how you then recruit To try and have the same impact I would hazard a guess That they will not be in the top six Where obviously we're only halfway Whether they can stay there Over the course You know But they will most certainly mm. get cherry picked And that is a difficulty That Martin Cannon And teams like Hamilton Have to deal with Contend with Does there never become a point Hugh When Hamilton Aki's fans Are allowed to, to To want more than just Staying in the division As you say Sure Yeah But you must also temper that by saying some of them have totally unrealistic aspirations. I mean, we had one gentleman on here one evening who was talking about qualification for Europe. Well, I mean, this is a club that can't draw 2,000 people to their games. Uh, and I do think that some expectations are ridiculous. However, it's a free country. If you don't like the manager, you're perfectly entitled to say so. If you don't like the way they play their football, Again, you're perfectly entitled to say so, but particularly in terms of social media, you have a group who are so vociferous in their dislike of Martin Canning. It's quite disturbing. But my point will remain that if Hamilton Ackies stay among our top 12 clubs and do not drop out of the division, that's a success. Who are the top 10 defenders with the most (laughs) headed goals in the English Premier League history You've got two of them so far You've got John Terry and Saul Campbell I can see some correct answers coming in uh, From Scott Kirkland From Bernie's got One of them What else have we got on Twitter? That's a great show, Vincent Company He must be there No he's not, no Seamus Coleman No No he's a right back here. I know I'm just trying to think of <laughs> Players Old, old fogies yeah. Those yeah, who've been around for years the, the boy that played at Middlesbrough and went to Real Madrid, but he was over there for a few years. Jonathan Woodgate. Yes, he's no. not there, is he? No. Oh, you am struggling. I have uh, to say. I think there's certainly there's another one that I would consider easy, kinda. Um, another two just below that level, and then of course there are a couple of uh, proper obscure ones. Who sent this in? Martin Burns. Martin, why don't you go Christmas shopping? Or- <laughs> <laughs> because then we wouldn't have any full time teasers. <laughs> We're under the cost here This could be a 5-8 to job All I'm going to say For one of them Is look a bit closer to home Mm. Mm. Weir. No Mm. You're getting warmer As they say (laughs) Golfy Colder Oh in fact No yeah Still colder I thought I'd spotted a link But I haven't No That's colder than Davy Weir (laughs) But it's there or thereabouts <laughs> uh, Peter's in Paisley What's your point tonight Peter? Hi Pan How are you doing? I missed the beginning of the show um, It's just a few things I wanted to say About uh, Celtic's performance on Sunday mm-hmm. About Brendan Rodgers' tactics Having Scott Sinclair on the right And Forrest on the left Was totally flat There was only one player that came on And that was the last 15 minutes It was Mikey Johnston I don't know why Brendan Rodgers Did give him a game other than Sinclair I think Sinclair's been watching too much Corey I just think it's just I've always been game on Sunday 
Well, Brendan Rodgers said it wasn't the formation, it wasn't the, the tactical approach, it was the players' lack of tactical discipline. Well, let's just draw that distinction. He did say that it had an impact, but he said not for the goals, Hugh. He did admit that it perhaps affected the game, but just not specifically for the goals. Anyway, uh, maybe that's not important. Um, it was certainly a team that didn't work, put it that way. And for Celtic, under Brendan Rodgers, to finish with four winners on the park, two of them playing in wide positions and two of them playing through the middle, uh, had a bizarre element to it for me. Uh, and the major thing that I took from it is that, yes, they were without five automatic picks, but when you go underneath the surface and you're looking for people to help you out, Celtic don't really get... A great result You're not always going to get The personnel that you want Alex And, and fans like Peter though Yesterday were perhaps Looking at the, the, the 11 players And thinking Why not play Christopher Iyer At right back yeah, and, and of course Listen that's not his position But then you can almost Play everyone else In their normal position You're only upsetting One person Absolutely. Whereas what happened yesterday um, Ayer's out of position yep. Izaguiri's out of position Sinclair's out of position James Forrest And so on for the life of me I can't understand why he didn't just go he's tried and trusted he could have went with the 4-2-3-1 way Ayer at right back Benkovic um, Simunovic and uh, Izagiri Brown and Sham the holding midfielders have played through a very successful period James Forrest on the right where he's been fabulous uh, McGregor Sinclair off the left and Edward up through the front and it didn't work and for again you know I don't know if it was one of the ones he was trying to be stubborn and go we're going to persevere mm. with us because he has changed. I remember at Motherwell a couple of years ago when they were 2 0 down at half time. They go to three at the back and then they absolutely steamroll and score four goals. So he, he has that flexibility. He has done so. It was surprised when he didn't do it yesterday. Peter, is there a chance to take this out on Motherwell at home on Wednesday? Oh, definitely, definitely. I just want and I think, is there anything about Patrick Roberts coming back? Is that any truth in that? Is he going to cancel his contract at Man City? Well, he's in Italy. Spain. Spain, rather. Spain. Close. Uh, which is close to Italy, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know he's not getting regular football. Um, I think he's shown some flashes recently, um, yeah. but yeah, Celtic supporters believe, and Peter's clearly one of them, uh, that Patrick Roberts has this emotional attachment to Celtic, and that Celtic are better when he's about the place. Uh, I think Patrick Rod uh, Roberts, if he came back. Uh, it would be terrific for Celtic Because he's a very very good player Thanks to Peter well, and Paisley shoot. Any more on the teaser? No uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to go for We're looking for 10 defenders With the most headed goals In English Premier League history John Terry, Saul Campbell You've only got two My word I thought it was better Van, than Van that Van Dyke. No I know it's early Not been there long enough I know, I know, but What about the one closer to home That I told you about? Oh Big Macaulay He's good at the, the, the Raiders He's just Yeah him It's got to be him Gareth Macaulay Yes <laughs> I'm actually looking at his name now I'm looking at goals in the Macaulay on the paper He's got 12 headed goals In English Premier League Yeah but that was a female uh, Tony Pulis's uh, West Brom team wasn't it uh, Scott Little's got a cup But he's got one of the other ones You don't have Armstrong. I mean if you're thinking Certainly in the last 12 years or so If you were to do a Best central defenders Of the last 12 years or so In the English Premier League This guy would Be there or thereabouts It's not um an old teammate of mine, is it? No. Lescott, no. Oh, he's in it. He's there. <laughs> yeah, Lescott's in it. So you've stumbled, you can join a, in you you've stumbled across, uh, across that one by accident. We'll get the answers to the teaser next. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Hugh Evans is here. Alex Ray is joining him, and they've uh, they've got some work to do on tonight's full time teaser. It was sent in by Martin Burns. If you've got a question, we would love to have it. So send it over to fulltime at clyde1.com. Tonight's is who are the ten defenders with the most headed goals in English Premier League history. During the break, Alex Ray tried to give me someone based on the fact that he took penalties. <laughs> uh, needless to say, we had to point out that you don't take penalties you with your head. So there we go. Uh, the top 10 defenders with most headed goals in English Premier League history. You're doing all right. You've got John Terry, Saul Campbell, Gareth McCauley, and Julian Lescott. Did you come up with any during the break? Wedley King. No. <laughs> you, asked, you asked me that before the break, I'm sure. Yeah, and I said no, or maybe it was during the break. I've got a couple here. Sammy Hippier. Yes, do you know he's second on the list? He's 17. Philip Albert? No. Nomada Vidic? Nemanja Vidic, yes, yeah. he's got 12. What a player he was. He wasn't bad. Any more? You get an else, you? William Gallas. Yes, he sneaks in. He's in 10th place on 11 headed goals, William Gallas. So all of a sudden, you've only got three to get. Struggling now. Needless to say, these three. Are the hardest By a mile By an absolute mile These three yeah, are the hardest They're obviously playing for smaller clubs Who have been in Southampton Something like that a, a what, In fact I would say two Are ridiculously hard One Doable Alright okay Alright Let's speak to Alan in the Gorbals Hi Alan How you doing there? Good thanks What's your point Alan? Yeah I'd like to make a comment uh, On a couple of points uh, that I think the Rangers fans Have been giving um, Stephen Gerrard A bit of a hard time um, I think if he'd have went to the back at the, the beginning of the season and if you asked the Rangers supporters if they'd be at the top of the league by Christmas or, or in December, they'd be over the moon. Um, I'd just like to know what the panel think. And also, uh, what they think about Celtic. Uh, are they still saying they're so far ahead it's unbelievable? Um, I'd just like to know what the panel think about that. Well, nobody on the programme said Celtic are so far ahead it's unbelievable. Uh, we were all asked at the start of the season who we thought would win the title. And with one exception, the mm. exception being Derek Johnson, everyone said Celtic. At, at that point, that's hardly going out on a limb. They had won seven league titles in a row. So how, was, how, how else do you sort of judge the gap? Because, I mean, the, the points speak for themselves. It's obviously close. Celtic have got a game in hand. It's obviously close. Maybe there's more to that question. Is, is it about where is Rangers' top level compared to Celtic's top level? Well, we've now does, that, a, does that make sense? We've now reached a stage where And the caller's quite right the, the, the Rangers supporters who are complaining Really have to step back from it And think, wow, top of the league mm. uh, and, and understand that while it's not always perfect And sometimes there are rank bad moments Like drawing at Dundee and being beaten at home by Aberdeen For Rangers to be top of the league at this stage Is remarkable Now we come to the tough dip we get to the transfer window with Celtic having £27 million in the bank and Rangers perhaps relying on getting players in on loan. If things are as close as they are now, come December 29, the Celtic supporters will be insisting that Celtic spend proper money mm. on Making the difference between themselves and Rangers in the second half of the season And it's then a case of how can Rangers react to that We do have quite a lot to try and cram in still So quickly Alec, give Alan a, an answer 
in terms of Steven Gerrard. I think yeah, or I, I, the I, point about <laughs> Celtic and how far ahead they may or may not be. Well, listen, I think that comes from a Celtic perspective. They feel as if they've got so much uh, in the tank in terms of the quality. They've, they've still hit top gear. They've got a lot more in reserve. So I think that's where that comes from. However, you know, you look at the, the table at the moment in terms of Steven Gerrard. Um, I think there's been one or two emotionally on the back of the disappointment with the Aberdeen in the Dundee game. We're getting a bit excited about things. And you have to put it in context, Gordon, in terms of, he said, one transfer window, 15 players in. You're having to blend all that together and try and get things up and running. So, again, it goes back to that old adage. If you go back to the start mm. of the season, halfway through the season. But I, I always maintain, come the end of this month, we will have a better gauge where, where Rangers are at. Thank you, Alan. I'm just going to try and fire through some, some more calls and the, the teaser. Any more on the teaser? Uh, no One of them played up here uh, Let's speak to Ian in Bears Den He's a Partick Thistle fan Hi Ian Hi there What's uh, on your mind? Ian, it's like Ian, that is a, it's a terrible line um, are, you, are you outside Ian? Right, give it one more bash. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. just. Uh, Alan Archibald, time with Sissel was up about a year and a half ago. Uh, the board stuck by him. They should have got rid of him halfway through the season when it looked as if we were going to get down anyway. But they stuck by him, and Hamilton are doing the same with Martin Canning. You just have to look and see where this will have ended up. You know that sometimes you've got to make a change before it gets too bad. And I think that's the position Hamilton are in just now as well. All right, I get that. I mean, do you see similarities, parallels? Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, do Hamilton have too much faith in Martin Canning? Uh, my simple rule of thumb is if the Aki stay in the division, then that's all they can ask for. However... And that would be the difference because Thistle didn't, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there, there does seem to be this everlasting... Groundswell of opinion That Martin Canning Is doing a bad job And that people Want him out However The people who employ him And pay his wages Don't share that mm. Point of view Just quickly Ian What about your team At the moment uh, Well My argument to you Is the Thistle board uh, Had faith in Alan Archibald And gave him Another year's contract Look what he's got Is now They brought in Gary Caldwell And apart from One win He's done nothing Absolutely nothing And I'd like to think We could in danger Of going down again Next end of this season So you wanted You wanted Alan Archibald away And you got your yeah. wish And now you've got yeah. A new manager in But he's doing nothing So do you want him away as well? No I would They should have got rid of Archibald Before the season started yeah, But that's, that, that's done and dusted That's done and dusted You've got a new manager now And you're saying He's doing nothing So do you want him out? Well I'll give him till January And see what happens But he said that he had Went through a dossier Of all the players he went and met the board and said, looked into all the squad and how he analysed it all and how he could sort things. And he hasn't. And and if Partick Thistle decide to get rid of Gary Caldwell, then you're on to the next guy. And, you know, yeah, eventually you'll sack them all and you'll get round to having me as your manager. See, with this, the argument Ian's putting across, have, if they had have changed and they, when they were in the Premiership and brought in, I'm just saying Gary Caldwell because he's now the, the replacement for him, if they had brought him in, it might not have worked anyway So you're never actually getting given any guarantee What way it's going to go Thank you to Ian uh, Partick Thistle fan from Bears Den That'll be enough uh, Yeah, I couldn't even squeeze another call in if we wanted to So let's get back to this teaser 
We're looking for 10 defenders who've scored the most headed goals in English Premier League history. Martin has sent the question in. The address you need to send your question in is fulltime at clyde1.com. John Terry, uh, Sammy Hoopier, Saul Campbell, Julian Lescott, Gareth McCauley, Nemanja Vidic, and William Gallas. Three to go. Clues. Well, he said that one of them played in Scotland. I'm just trying to think. So it's obviously somebody that's come up latterly in the career. Played for Rangers and scored a spectacular old firm Eggyog. goal. Ugh. Hugo Eggyog. Right, the, the other two are ridiculous. They are. We just start hard. with a team, kind of leading the world of teams. Leeds and Bradford. Bradford would have been. It was a big centre half, Hugh. Mm-hmm. Leeds and Bradford, this guy. For years. Yep, hundreds of appearances for both. It's David something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. David. Oh, jeez, oh. You need to tell me, I don't know the guy's name. Begins with a W. Warrell. Mm, hey, David. Not close. <laughs> oh, oh, brilliant. I've played against <laughs> Weatherall. I'd never have got that. David Weatherall. And the last one, possibly, yeah, definitely the hardest, I'd say. Blackburn, mostly. And then QPR. Mm, a bit of a spell at Villa. Blackburn mostly Blackburn you, um... His surname is a type of dance Tango Cash A dance Chris Samba oh. Thank you Hugh and Alex We are back tomorrow night 6 o'clock With Gordon DL and Roger Hanna And stay where you are uh, It's not Callum Gallagher tonight It's Ryan Borthwick